Welcome to the Bethesda Christian Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit yourbcc.org or download our mobile app from the App Store. Good morning. I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad to be with you. If you're here in the house or if you're here online with us, we're just grateful that you're joining us. And... Uh, We are going to talk about love a little bit today. So let me get this out. As I stand up here today, please know that I take this opportunity, I think as you are aware, all of us do when we stand up here, with the utmost respect of you and what this represents and everybody that listens, watches, or joins in with us. But with that in mind, this is a thought that really just hit me hard this week. I only have a few minutes to be up here. And I'm going to say what I'm going to say, and I'm going to ask the Lord to continue to bless that and bless you as as you sit there and listen to me for just the few minutes that I'm going to have. But we really look or need to evaluate and look at how much time do we have to ourselves. You know what? 168 hours in a week, right? If you sleep eight hours a day, seven days a week, and most of you will say, oh, yeah, I only wish. That's only 56 hours. You had 112 hours left. Is that right, math? I hope. Noah, thank you. (laughs) My son is so much better than math than I am. I understand there's time to eat, there's time to work, there's all these other things, but you know, what we're going to talk about today is it's our responsibility It's our responsibility to get to know who this Jesus is. So my question that will get us going this morning is, how well do you know Jesus, or do you just know about Jesus? How well do you know him, or how much do you know about him? See, it's our responsibility, again, to get to know this Jesus. So I just want to help define this word know a little bit, before we get into the loving part of it. And so what does this know Jesus, know God mean? Well, the Greek word throughout the New Testament, it's used 233 times, is the word gnosko. Gnosko, what a cool word. I wish we could use cool words like that in our language. No, we use the word love. And it doesn't always make a whole lot of sense what we're talking about. But, uh, you know, and I use love as an example. I know Love is not gnosko, but gnosko is very specific to learning to know something, learning to know someone, to understand, to perceive, to become acquainted with. And it's also one of these words in Israel, when, when the Israelites would talk about this and, and those that were using this word, I understand that this is a Greek word, gnosko, but We're talking about the time way back in the Jewish lifestyle and all this other stuff. It was meant for marriage. And because it's a G rating here today, I'm going to just say it like this. Jesus was born through Mary, right? But Joseph didn't know Mary is what our scriptures say until after Jesus was born. After Jesus was born, then Joseph knew Mary. All right. So all of you out there that need to understand, I think you know where I'm going, right? Without having to get very graphic about it. So what I wanted to say at this point is it's not good enough just to know about this Jesus. We must enter into a deeper 
relationship. Knowing, knowing about someone could make us an authority maybe on the subject, but it doesn't mean that we know the individual. Think about people that do that with sports all the time. There's a lot of people that follow a lot of athletes that could tell you stats that I didn't even know existed about somebody. But does that really mean that they know that individual? No, that means they know a lot about that individual. Let me take it to a different position. How many have seen Fiddler on the Roof? Probably the majority. If you haven't, it's worth seeing. And there's a song in it called, Do You Love Me? You remember it? Tevye is saying it to his wife, Goldie, and, and he's read, you know, and he's saying, I'm going to read it. I'm not going to stand up here and act it out or, or sing it to you. But he says, Goldie, do you love me? Do you love me? That's the most they're going to get out of me. <laughs> and her response is, do I what? Do you love me? Do I love you? With our daughters getting married and this trouble in the town, you're upset, you're worn out. Go inside, go lay down. Maybe it's indigestion. Goldie, I'm asking you a question. Do you love me? You're a fool, she says. He says, I know, but do you love me? <laughs> what a great attitude. Do I love you? And this is where I think it's so beautiful. For 25 years, I've washed your clothes. I've cooked your meals. I've cleaned your house. I've given you children. I've milked the cow. After 25 years, why talk about love right now? Goldie, the first time I met you was on our wedding day. I was scared. And she says, I was shy. I was nervous. So was I. But my father and my mother said, we learn to love each other. And now I'm asking you, Goldie, do you love me? I'm your wife. I know. But do you love me? Do I love him? For 25 years, I've lived with him. I've fought with him. I've starved with him. 25 years, my bed is his. If that's not love, what is? And then he says, then you love me? And she said, I suppose I do. And, and, and as I was looking at that and thinking about that, and I, I heard that, it's just one of these things that it brought some challenge to me. It is, you can know a lot about somebody, but that doesn't mean that you know them. And I believe that was what was going on in that interaction between those two. I was challenged last week by Pastor Rob. He asked a question. He asked the question, do you desire to know him better? I wrote that down. I wrote that down. I've been rehearsing that throughout the week. Do I desire to know him better? And then he read some other scripture that he said bothered him. And as he read it, can't deny that it didn't bother me a little bit. And it, you know, and it kind of went on. I'm not reading the exact scripture, but it did say, you will listen, but never understand. You will look, but not perceive. People's hearts have grown callous. Their ears that don't hear. Eyes shut, but not seeing. And as he was reading that, I'm like, wow, that's, that's touching something inside of me. 
But then Rob, I thought, did a really good job last week, and he left me with something that has resounded in me uh, the best I can throughout the week. I have to keep asking my wife sometimes, is this what he said? But he said, a humble heart is a hearing heart. A humble heart is a hearing heart. And he told us, Jesus spoke in these parables to help those who believe to know the secrets of the kingdom, his love for us and his sacrifice. He said, if you will believe in me, if you will listen to my words and listen to how I say it and trust in me, then you're going to have an advantage because you'll understand what these are saying. But those that won't believe in me, they're not going to understand through these parables. So then I continued to read some other stuff. And this week, here's something that challenged me again. Maybe, if you will, even bothered me. Matthew 7, 21 through 23. And it says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But only, those who, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. And many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And did we not drive out demons in your name and perform many miracles? And then Jesus says, then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoer. Wow, that's heavy. Here's one point that I would like you to get if you take anything away from this today, is first of all, you can't earn love and forgiveness. You can't earn it. It's a gift. It's a gift that our God gives us. It's a gift through Jesus Christ that we receive. You can't earn it. One may with his lips. Now, this is out of a, a commentary and a commentator out of the, the pillar New Testament commentary yesterday. I loved the way when I read this and how he said it, one may with his lips loudly profess his faith in God and even invoke Jesus as Lord, yet deny him by his thoughts, his words, and his acts. We're talking about love this morning. We can read in our scripture, and our scripture tell us that God is love. And God, who loves us, also offered us forgiveness, and it comes to us through our faith and then the repentance of our mouth made possible by the grace and the sacrificial um, death of Jesus Christ. See, we must continue to put sin to death and present ourselves to God as a living sacrifice tells us in, in, in the Beatitudes, we must, we must hunger and thirst for righteousness. That's what's going to take us out of this category of, I never knew you. But Lord, Lord, we did it in your name. And the word that really stuck in this to me is when he said, Jesus' words said, many will call on my name. Many in the church will minister in my name and believe that they are his servants. But in reality, he says in verse 23, I never knew you. See, to escape that type of deceit in, the, in these last days, 
that uh, or these days that we're living in. I don't know if they're exactly the last. I'm starting to really wonder a whole lot more. But any disciple of Christ, that's all of us, right? Any disciple of Christ must be totally committed to the truth and to the righteousness revealed in God's word and not consider what the world's success is over the Lord's success. See, ministerial success or, or large numbers in church seats or, or huge amounts of followers on social media are not what God's success is for his believers. See, the word of God has to be standard by which we judge our relationship to Jesus Christ. Where is your relationship with him? Is it stagnant? Is it growing? Is it wavering? Or is it continuing to move forward? See, I think you could judge it real quickly by what is the fruit that you're producing? Is there love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control? All of those, all of that is the fruit of the Spirit. That should be what's in our lives. That should be what we're producing. That will kind of help me understand, help you understand, where do I stand in this relationship? Is that fruit being produced in me? We must continue to operate in the knowledge of the saving grace, that grace that, that you and I don't deserve, but Jesus willingly gave to us. We didn't earn it, and we can't earn it. God's will will never, or God's word will never return any void. Even, even if the one presenting is off and the one that's hearing the word of God has that right heart to hear his word, oh, our Savior is so faithful. Our Savior is so faithful. God works in the heart of those who receive his word with commitment to Christ. Guess what? Regardless of the one that's presenting, boy, oh boy, would I like to start listing off some names, but it's not necessary. Because you have to look and say, hey, where is my heart in this with you, Jesus? Where is it? I'm not so worried and I don't need to be worried about anybody else. I have to be worried about me. And then when I could get that straightened out, then I could take what's getting inside of me and I could be sharing it and letting that gospel grow through me. See, Jesus didn't come into the world to make bad people good. Jesus came into the world to make dead people alive. Let me back it up. Romans 5.8. But God demonstrates his own love for us that while we were still sinners, he died for us. In Ephesians 2.1, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and your sins. Jesus came to this world to make dead people alive. I read this quote, or I heard this quote this week, and I wrote it down. I don't know if you've heard of Leonard Ravenhill, but I really like this quote. There are two kinds of people in this world, only two kinds, he said. Not black and white or rich or poor, but those that are either dead in sin or dead to sin. What category do you find yourself in? Are you dead in sin 
or are you dead to sin? The beautiful thing is about our Savior, our Jesus, he never said you've got to get cleaned up before I'll accept you. You know, he never said you have to stop being bad and then I'll love you. What we have to get in our mind, and here's my second point for you today, you need to know how much he really loves you. Can I get a little secular on you for a second? If God had a refrigerator, your picture would be on it. How many of you have a refrigerator that's just plain nothing on it? Do you like it that way? <laughs> we, have, we have a refrigerator in our house. And who's on it? Our kids are on it. You know, our, our sons and their daughter or their wives, our daughter-in-laws, our daughters, if you will. And then it used to be we had nieces and nephews and, you know, just friends, kids and stuff like that. If, if God had a refrigerator, do you believe that your picture would be on it? I believe that with all my heart. And here's how I know that. My last scripture for you today. John 3, 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only, his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but what? To save the world through him. Does this help you understand how crazy he is about you? He loves you so much. My, my, my goal is and my desire is, is, Lord, can I love you the way that you love me? I know he's divine. I know I'm carnal, but I'm going to do everything I can to continue to love him with all that's inside of me. Can I make a challenge to you today, Bethesda Christian Church? All right, here it is. Will you agree with me that, that when someone comes into contact with a person from Bethesda Christian Church, that they leave that contact that they can't help but say, oh, that person knows Jesus. That person loves Jesus Christ when they walk away. Can we do our best to make that a goal of ours? Now, that doesn't mean I'm saying we got to browbeat everybody with a Bible scripture or everything like that. But what we have to do is like, like Pastor Rob was saying in his video is somebody drops something and we're there to help them pick it up. Somebody has a need, we're, help, we're there quickly to help them meet that need. Whatever it is, whatever the Lord puts in your path, pray each and every morning, oh Lord, as I get up today and as I move through this, will you put me in the path of the person that you would have me to cross and that I will with my mouth confess you. Confess that you're my Lord. Now, maybe it not be that blatant, but it may be because, hey, how can I help you? How can I do? Do you need help with that? I heard this story the other day. It was just working with a waitress. Somebody was working with a waitress, and the waitress was kind of a little bit, which I know doesn't happen very much, but it's been happening a little bit more. But they said as this waitress was moving, they could tell that there was something wrong. And the, the simple thing that they did was, as they came over and the bill was going to get paid or dropped off and everything, it's like, can I pray for you? Is there something that I can do? To, is there something that I can pray about for you? It wasn't any more than that. And from what I heard is this waitress left and then this waitress came back and said, thank you. Thank you for doing that. And 
you know, and I think it struck up a conversation. I don't know much more about the story, but it was just simple that Lord make me ready. See, I want to be known as the real deal. How about you? I want to be known as the real deal that, yep, this is a guy that loves Jesus. This is a guy that calls on Jesus. This guy is a guy that loves his Jesus with all that's in him. He's definitely a follower of Jesus Christ because of the way that I show the love of Jesus to others. It's not good enough to just know about him. We have to know him so well that we're there to share with one another. I hope that you have done that in your life, but I want to make sure that we take time in case you've never done that. Talk to you a little bit about Jesus. God sent his one and only son, as I read in in John 3, 16, to die for each and every one of us. I don't know where you're at in your relationship. What I'm hoping that as you leave this place today, you're going to say, I'm going to grow in that relationship. I'm going to get stronger in that relationship. Or... If you're one of those that I need to have a more real or true, or I need to have a relationship with this Jesus, will you bow your heads and will you just pray this prayer with me this morning? Father, I come before you right now. Lord, as as people have been hearing the sound of my voice, Lord, more importantly, I'm hoping that they heard your voice through all of this, through the words that we've read that come from your scripture. Lord, through the music that was played today. Lord, through the words that Pastor Pat has already spoken today. The words that I've spoken today, Lord. Or or however you chose to get that message into the ears of somebody today. That, Lord God, they need a Savior today. That they can believe that you are the one that is their Savior. That they can admit that they have fallen short. That they are a person that has sin in their life and that they will make a confession for that today. That they need a savior. And that, Lord God, they will turn. That, Lord God, they will repent of their ways and they will turn from the way that they've been going and they will turn to look to you. And they will confess with their mouth that you are their Lord today. Lord, we believe that that's that free gift of salvation. And for anyone here today that has done that, Father, we pray that you would send your people, your church around them. In Jesus' name, I pray and I ask it. And everybody said, amen. Will you take your bag? I hope you got your communion out this morning. And we're going to take time to do this together. This is, again, how much did Jesus love you? We're going to talk about it right now. If you get your cup out, if you're in the house or if you picked it up this week, make sure you push that flap up and down a few times. And what will happen is there's a cellophane piece that's on top that will kind of break free. So make sure you push it up and down a few times, do it hard, and get that cellophane piece to come off. And under that, you will be able to pick up the bread that we have right here. And as you're doing that, I want to read because this is critical, folks, to all of us. 1 Corinthians 11, 23 and 24 says this, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and he said, This is my body for you. Do this in remembrance of me. 
In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So then whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. Oh, and here's a gift to us. Everyone, everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. And that's why many among you are weak and sick and a number have fallen asleep. But if we were more discerning with regard to ourselves, we would not come under such judgment. Nevertheless, when we are judged in this way by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be finally condemned with the world. So then, my brothers, my sisters, when you gather to eat, you should wait or you should eat together. And anyone who is hungry should eat at home so that when you meet together, it may not result in judgment. Do you have your bread out? Were you all able to do that? If you weren't able to do that, you need some help? Look around, maybe somebody can help you. It looks like we're doing pretty good. Oh my, what a sacrifice he made for us. We talked about that sacrificial death, right? What Jesus went through. And we heard that loving God also includes action. Well, Jesus showed us the greatest of action towards us through this. Father, we hold this bread now high. We thank you for this opportunity to take this bread. And what it means, Lord, you you sacrificed yourself for us. Your body was beaten. You took stripes upon your back. You willingly gave of yourself for us. We thank you now, Lord Jesus, for it. And we ask that you bless this bread to each and every one that's able to take it this morning. We give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus' name, take, eat together. Thank you, sweet Jesus, for what you did. If you'll begin to peel that foil back, it will expose your juice. Represents the blood of Christ. Father, as we take this cup now, it represents your blood. That blood that had to be sacrificed. And again, you willingly stepped in and said, I will give this perfect lamb. You are the lamb of God, this perfect sacrifice that never sinned for us. Willingly gave your life for us. Thank you, O Lord God. We hold this cup high and we say, thank you, Lord Jesus for all that you've done for us. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for having us in mind when you did the work that you did on that cross. Oh, we thank you for it. We acknowledge you for what you did for each and every one of us. And Lord, as we take this cup and as we have this blood that's represented this cup, Lord God, in us, Lord, help us to be 
a greater representative of Jesus to this world that we live in today. In Jesus' name I pray and I ask it. Amen. Drink ye all of it in the name of the Lord. Amen and amen. I hope this spoke to you at some point today and I hope you feel good. Put that back in your little Ziploc bag. There will be cans as you exit the sanctuary. Please don't leave it for somebody to clean up. Just take it with you. They'll be right outside. You can just deposit it as you walk out real quickly. Will you stand with me? Thank you for being here on a holiday weekend. Thank you for joining us online on a holiday weekend. How much do you love them? I hope that resounds in your mind this week. How much do you love them? How much does he love you? How much? Oh God, thank you for your love. Will you raise your hands for the blessing this day? We sang it already this morning. We're going to say it now. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And I just pray, Lord God, that the peace of God would go before us this week. Help us in our minds and in our hearts to keep our focus on you, to continue to work, Lord God, towards the idea of how much you love us. Lord, help us to be people that love you so deeply. Oh, so overtly, Lord God, that it can't help but overflow to those that are around us, in our homes, but Lord, also in the public. Even in shutdown time, even when we're trying to keep us down, Lord God, our love can still show to those that we can be around. So Lord, help us to be a great example of you, your word, and your love for us as we encounter others. We ask it now in Jesus' mighty and precious name. Amen.